Hello there, and welcome to our podcast, Conversations in Noosa. My name is John Caruso. You describe Wayne Fletcher as a typical larrikin Aussie bloke who loved his footy and liked to party. He played semi-professional footy, travelling from Victoria to the Northern Territory, working as a butcher, slaughterman and bouncer. These days, he's a vegan who meditates, who believes in the self-healing power of good nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. In this podcast, we talk about growing up in Hamilton, Victoria, running a personal fitness business and coaching the Noosa Tigers to a couple of premiership flags. We start the podcast by discussing Fletcher's coaching style and strategy when it comes to players who may not necessarily have the skills, but possess a whole lot of passion. Uh, mate, you tr- treat them equal. You treat, treat them the, the, the same as you would treat your star player. Um, I think, you know, it takes, uh, you know, like the club is made up of many different people and, um, you know, with different skill sets. Unity within the club is a great, you know, is a big thing uh, to have success. And unless you've got that unity, it's pretty hard to succeed. And certainly people that uh, might not quite have the uh, um, exceptional abilities uh, can be very important people to have around the club. You know, their loyalty to the club, uh, the enthusiasm they bring to the place. And when they do have some success, it's very re- rewarding and very pleasing and um, a firm believer. And you treat all players equal, regardless of their abilities and regardless whether they're, you're not, you know, the top, uh, they're a top player in your senior team or they're just making up the numbers in the reserves. They're still uh, valuable club members. I imagine uh, during your career you would have had many success stories, though, where you've turned players like that around, and that would be very gratifying for you as a coach. Uh, most certainly. Most certainly. Um, even more recent times, um, played by them, Harry Opie, who plays for Noosa Tigers, um, Harry, you know, like one of his ambitions uh, a few years ago when I was senior coach was to play a senior game for uh, for the Noosa Footy Club, and he, you know, not only achieved that, but uh, he went on and last year was actually the senior captain of the footy club. So it was very pleasing to see a guy get, uh, you know, to uh, you know to achieve um, that recognition. You know, when you know he probably doubted that he would ever get to that. Uh, um, uh, so what do you tap into? Just have a crack. I mean, you know, like um, you know, your flesh and blood. You've got you know, got arms and legs. I mean, the guys you know that you play against might have a bit more ability, but you can you know like you can you know quell that ability by you know through determination and just uh, um, you know like uh, uh, playing you know within your capabilities, but be determined to win win the contest or to de- de- determine to nullify your opponent. But just the fact, you know, because you might not be able to kick 60 metres left foot, right foot, doesn't make you a mug, mate. I mean, it's you can still be a valuable team player and, and play a valuable role within the team. Let's talk about where you grew up. You mentioned Hamilton in Victoria. What do you remember about your childhood, Fletch? Uh, certainly, mate, I had a bit of trouble settling down at school as a youngster. Primary school right through secondary school, uh, uh, mate, all I wanted to do pretty much was was play sport. Whilst I, uh, I was certainly no dud, I had a, had a few brains and actually got, um, I remember my first year at secondary school, Got ducks to the class. It's unfortunately, I probably uh, peaked too early. And uh, within a couple of years, uh, I was given my marching orders. Um, like I say, I just uh, I was a little bit of a, a bit of a scoundrel. Um, Focused on the sport. Yeah, and a little bit of a larrikin, mate. But uh, but I love all larrikin. You mentioned you you had trouble even from uh, starting out at school, but then suddenly you, you became ducks of the class. Do you remember what the turning point was there? Was it a teacher? Was it a coach? Was it someone at, like a mentor at school? Well, actually, uh, my parents actually threatened to send me to boarding school. <laughs> so that was probably the catalyst. And uh, as a compromise, I didn't have to become a, a boarder. I could go to this uh, boarding school as a day student, but I used to have to go out 
in the evenings and do study period with all the boarders. So that would be supervised study for two hours um, of an evening. So that was probably the catalyst to it, mate. And because I'd done the right thing and got top of the wiser, yeah, I was given a little bit more lead the following year. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's where uh, a bit more of the uh, the larrikin come back into me and uh, wasn't so successful uh, over the next two years. And like I said, very early in the piece, in my third year, um, yeah, I was given my marching orders and out into the workforce. What did you want to do? Well, all I wanted to do was play footy. Actually, uh, my first job's funny because I'm a vegan, but... Um, always uh, been a vegan, though? No, no, no not, not always. About present, but uh, yeah, my first job, mate, I, yeah, was a, uh, I was an apprentice butcher. <laughs> so, um, right. so they end up, mate. Yeah, like for for years, uh, for years and years, I was certainly a big meat eater and meals with uh, um, at uh, with our family, mate. Unless there was meat on the plate, there wasn't a meal. Whereas now, mate, uh, yeah, totally opposite. Right. Uh, I want to get to that later on, on how this turnaround happened. We're still in Hamilton at this stage. So you're working at the butcher store. Yeah, in, yeah, mate, in and, Hamilton. Uh, all all I wanted, really wanted to do was play uh, for my local senior club and uh, a team called Hamilton Imperials. Mate, and I played my first senior game at 15. Yeah, pretty much. You know, was a, yeah, well, I was a regular member of the senior team for the next five or six years. Whilst I, you know, um, was still uh, in Hamilton, had the opportunity, went down to Collingwood and tried out there. Played a few under 19 games and reserves games as a teenager like as a 16 year old probably at the time there certainly wasn't the, the pathway that there is now to what are we talking about Fletch yeah uh, you're talking mid 70s right mid late 70s so it was uh yeah there certainly wasn't the pathway to make it a you know a career as you know as as there is nowadays so but yeah so I probably didn't uh, fully realize the opportunity that was in front of me like I say just at, at that stage all I was intent on doing was was playing senior footy for for my local club who I'd barracked for as a kid growing up uh, the local footy team mate very fortunate um you know like I when I come on board that uh, as a teenager the club had not had any success and I was very fortunate uh, as a teenager to play in their first ever um, uh, premiership team about 10 years ago they named their best ever team for 60 years and you know I was very privileged to uh, to get a gig in that on the uh, on the wing mate so well, what are you, was your parents what how did your parents respond at this stage yeah well dad was always into into coaching football uh, coaching juniors um, I don't think he ever reached any great heights as a player himself but certainly you know he was very dedicated to to coaching young kids a very successful coaching um, underage teams so yeah he was very supportive and, and mum was always you know like certainly uh, one of my biggest fans <laughs> I can still remember one day in a junior game um, where I've got uh, cleaned up by a big fella a, a guy that was probably twice my size and, um, and she's it was pretty embarrassing she came uh, running out in the ground and was going to have a piece of him but uh, <laughs> but no and no, I looked they, they were always uh, very supportive of me and um, you know whilst uh, yeah I probably wasn't the most well-behaved child uh, within the family they were, you know they certainly uh, stood by me and, and supported me throughout my football career you've mentioned this a couple of times so you're a bit of a larrikin and not the the most well-behaved what what kind of trouble are we talking about are we trouble with the police or the law? Oh, no no uh, mate no it was never anything serious yeah no, it was never anything serious like that. But you know, I was a bit of a party boy, loved a good time. But no, no, I never had any um, any trouble with the with the with the <laughs> law, mate. As such, but uh, so no, it was all very innocent fun. And but yeah, it was just uh, just like having a good time. Yeah, and it was fairly regular. Before we uh, switch the mics on, we talked about that you travelled uh, across country from Darwin, uh, all over the place, South Australia, playing in a semi professional role. What else did you do to make ends meet uh, during that that time? Mate, Fletch? I, I've had uh, a variety of different uh, different jobs, mate. I've been a uh, I've worked, um, like I say, I was an apprentice butcher 
for a period of time. Um, then I was a uh, um, I was uh, a slaughterman for a period of time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I went from uh, working in a, in a, as a slaughterman mate to um, be becoming a, a menswear salesperson. <laughs> then I went on, moved on, and uh, started selling some furniture. Yeah, as I say, as a furniture salesman. But uh, this is while you're travelling around the country, still playing footy. That's it. And and these are the other jobs that you're doing yeah, on the mate, side. Um, up in up in Darwin, uh, I worked as a uh, um, I worked in the casino up there as a as a bouncer and uh, it had to be pretty bad for me to uh, to tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> so you got a fair bit. Of, I was fairly lenient there, and uh, mate, also you know like um, yeah, mate, just different jobs up really pretty much up until I moved from Adelaide down to Mount Gambia. Whilst I was in Mount Gambia, um, opened up a sports store down there and mate, which I uh, owned and operated for um, close on 17, 18 years. How did you end up in Noosa? Mate, through football. Um, Noosa actually, Tigers? Yeah, Noosa Tigers. Through a very a, a guy that, uh, a good friend of mine um, who I played football with in Hamilton, a guy by name of uh, Nifty Allen, who's well known in this area. Uh, Nifty had been up here for quite some, some years. And I was actually um, up here playing in a... Uh, in a Masters football carnival down at Maroochydore representing South Australia and, and this fellow's come up to me after the game and uh, yeah, I said, oh, you're still getting a, a kick there, I see old-timer and um, I looked around and I hadn't seen Nifty for years and the last time I did see Nifty, Nifty had uh, pretty much uh, hair down to his shoulders and you know, um, looking trim, taut and terrific and uh, <laughs> here's this bloke, um, I looked up and here's this fellow and uh, he certainly wasn't trim, taut and terrific. <laughs> He'd been in a good paddock for a few years and mate, uh, and had lost all his hair. It took me a bit of a while uh, to work out who it was but uh, anyway, it was Nifty. We hooked up. Um, I had my son with me and uh, yeah, we uh, Nifty took us up to Noosa, showed us around, uh, went out in the river on his boat. Yeah, it was all great, good fun and, and like he showed me, he went, took me down to the local footy club, the Noosa footy club. They were just starting to build their new club rooms at that stage. And he actually said to me, he said, I, you know, would you ever be interested in coming up here coaching? I said, I'd say so, mate. I'd say yes. I'd say that, <laughs> that would be a positive. Yeah, Mount Gambia, mate, it's not, the, uh, it's not the warmest place in Australia, that's for sure. Anyway, lo and behold, um, the following year, it was about August, I was actually, I'd uh, got out, of, I'd been in retail, I'd got out of retail and was into the fitness game. And I used to, I was doing outdoor fitness in Mount Gambia. It was a morning session. There was white frost all over the ground. It was zero degrees. Normally, you know, through a session you get warmed up and after the, after you finish the session, you know, like it, well, you get warmed up and you don't feel the cold as such. But this particular morning, it just got colder and colder and colder. Anyway, when I went to, you know, I used to drive my uh, van onto the oval, uh, open up a gate, go into the van, drive the van on the oval, unpack all my gear, get set up and, and then train people. Anyway, this morning after I'd finished the session, packed up, driving out, went to shut the padlock on the gate. My hands were that cold, I couldn't shut the padlock. And I just sort of cursed and said, no, I can't keep doing this. This, <laughs> that is, was abs- it. this is absolute crap. Off to the sunshine. Exactly, mate. And, well, within two weeks, it was about two weeks later, I got this phone call from Nifty, Nifty Allen, um, asking me if I'd be interested in, uh, in coming up to Noosa, the coach. <laughs> and I said, mate, don't have to ask me twice, I'm there. You're there. So, and how many flags uh, did they under your, as coach for the Tigers? Yeah, mate. Look, we were very fortunate uh, to win a couple. We we uh, unfortunately yeah, we made the grand final in a prelim in two eight two thousand eight uh, grand final two thousand nine. But unfortunately, we lost uh, to Palm Beach. And um, the following year in two thousand ten, we were successful. We beat uh, Sandgate in the grand final. And um, probably the highlight of my time as coach at Noosa was two thousand eleven, when uh, we went back to back, won another uh, premiership, but beat. 
Palm Beach, uh, which was uh, very satisfying to say the least. When we, you know, when I first moved up here, it was uh, quite commonly said by quite a number of people that you'd struggle to compete against the, the Gold Coast teams because obviously they're very financial, could recruit players pretty much at will. Yeah, mate. So it was like a red rag to a bull uh, to me. So you know, like uh, yeah, certainly. Palm Beach were very much on the radar and uh, they were a great team and had some uh, great successes and won quite a few premierships to eventually, and you know, like obviously, you know, for them to suffer the pain of the defeat in 2009 when they knocked us off in the grand final, to not only get revenge from that loss, but also to not only just beat them, but we, we flogged them. And so, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> come and catch us now. And you still get your finger in the pie. Are you assistant coach? Yeah, 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 still helping out. I had a couple of years <coughs> off. I, I coached uh, for six years. You know, I had a great group of, you know, great uh, uh, group of players there. They were very, you know, had very strong uh, team ethos. So, you know, it certainly contributed to our successes and, you know, well-led on field by uh, by Adam Bovolino, who's probably the best captain that I'd uh, come across in my time as a coach. And um, just a great fellow, and it's great to see him. He's also uh, back in Noosa now. Like I say, I had, uh, some good support off field as well through Nifty Allen, Graham Somerville. Also, uh, in you know more recent times, was uh, Ian O'Dwyer and Danny O'Brien. Very grateful for those guys uh, for the support and help that they gave me. And uh, combined with a, a great group of uh, of uh, young men, um, it was a good ingredient to uh, have some success. Fletcher, I want to talk about what you're doing today. When you started with the the personal coaching, you're level- Level of fitness today, and just comparing it back to your mate Nifty, who when you first saw him at the, uh, the the Masters game that you were playing there, a lot of players, I guess, when they play in their youth and even professionals, uh, and then once they're done with that, they kind of loosen the belt a little bit. But for you, you've maintained this level of fitness, and even the, I want to talk about the veganism. When did you become a vegan? When when was that? Um, well, probably I've been a full on vegan now. Um, it was certainly uh, all of this year. I mean, I was probably 80 20, 80 percent vegetarian. Um, also 80% vegan, 20% vegetarian, because I used to still have some dairy product. But um, um, this year, um, uh, certainly uh, as from yeah, the start of this year, I've been totally vegan. For um, health reasons for yourself or just uh, as a, bit a of lifestyle? Both. A bit of both. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm very much a believer that uh, you can self-heal. And um, yeah, I got a little bit of a, a shock at the start of the year, but uh, um, with an illness which I didn't think would be, you know, because of the lifestyle led that you know, wouldn't be an issue. I suppose with, with the, you know, giving up the meats and the dairies and, and et cetera um, started was uh, when I actually, the last five years that I played semi professional um, with my football, is, uh, I played with cortisone injections in my foot because I had a, you know, like I had a deterioration of the metamuscle joint of the, in, my, in my feet. And anyway, I was supposed to have a, um, a, you know, like I was getting cortisones to get me through uh, from one year to the next. And I did that for about five years. And I was getting into my, you know, I was in my late 30s. Yeah, like I decided, you know, I'd hang, I wasn't actually through the foot injury. It was more, I'd um, had a shoulder reconstruction. And, and that probably put the you know the uh, the final nail in the uh, in the coffin so to speak of my in terms career of diet and as well in terms of what you wanted to do and how you would heal you yeah well, well yeah well so so what happened there I I was booked in to have an operation on my foot because um, the damage that had been done over the years and and camouflaging that damage damage with cortisone injections and keep you know, persisting the play um, obviously caused a few issues and uh, so I'd been to see a, a surgeon and who was a friend of mine and he referred me to another surgeon in Adelaide and they were going to, you know, they said, look, we're going to have to uh, operate in that foot of yours and you're going to have to put a pin through uh, through the bottom of your foot 
you know, and you'll have a permanent limp. And I was resigned to that and thought, yep, okay, well, um, I was booked in to have the op. And uh, anyway, uh, my sister, who Janine, who was um, always into alternative type treatments, pleaded with me to go see this naturopath over in Geelong in country Victoria by the name of Andrew Oosterland, who I went over and seen him, seen Andrew, and anyway, he uh, he, he suggested that uh, he put me on some natural supplements. Didn't tell me to give up all the meat and dairy and poultry, but said to cut back on it. I was pretty much, well, if this is going to work, I'm going to give it up completely. And I, you know, so it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, you know, like, uh, especially being a, a meat eater, you know, for near on 40 years of my life, you know, pretty much not, you know, I mean, whilst, you know, I was uh, health conscious. I certainly you know, didn't worry too much about what I was actually eating. Uh, and I never had any issues with weight because I was always active, um, playing footy, et cetera. Mate. Uh, and have you seen the results of that change then oh, in yeah, your own? Right. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. In what way? Well, mate, it'd be, it'd be over 20 years since I ever had any sort of medication. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, like um, as far as, uh, you know, antibiotics and that sort of stuff, um, you know, I don't get. You know, I um, touch wood. I don't, you know, I don't suffer, you know, from the flus and et cetera. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate in that regard, but certainly, you know, from a health point of view and certainly from a foot, you know, like, uh, um, you know, I used to suffer a fair bit and that's obviously why I was going to you yeah. know, go and have And no more, no more issues with the foot? No more issues with the foot. Oh. And so it was more, I suppose, getting as much um, oxygenated food into the body, which obviously improves your, you know, your blood flow. And obviously, we need oxygen to survive. So the more oxygen you got within the body, the better you're going to feel. And uh, so eating fresh, you know, live foods, uh, um, um, you know, like fruit and veggies, uh, certainly, and they've got a water content, so they've got oxygen content. I, I don't now. I mean, obviously, it was one of the toughest things I had to do. I mean, you imagine, you know, being a meat eater for near 40 years, and all of a sudden, mate, you're walking past a Weber roast or a barbecue, <laughs> and, it, mate, it was a killer. The first, the first semiance, I mean, Can you remember what your mate said at the time? Oh, yeah, if no, they invited no, you to like just, a barbie or something no, like that, they were pretty. Yeah, <laughs> no different to what I was probably uh, um, prior to that because you know, like yeah, you look at something, yeah, you don't eat meat. <laughs> what's wrong with that? You know, like. But now, mate, yeah, I, I certainly don't have any. You know, I don't have any problems now. And in fact, you know, like the thought of meat or poultry, yeah. just uh, it doesn't um, resonate with me at all. So, um, mate, I don't have any. And, and is that a thing that the whole family has to embrace? When you become a, like it's, your it's, wife, your partner, they yeah, become yeah, vegans look, as yeah, well. Uh, um, it's certainly um, uh, it's certainly easier if they do. Yeah, but um, certainly not the case. And I, I, you know, I don't expect, and I, I certainly don't get on a, on a you know uh, up there and preach to everyone about it. I just, you know, my main message to you know, especially my clients or any people or any person for that matter, is just think fresh and eat fresh. So you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the. Um, pult- eating poultry or, or meats, but if you're going to eat it, eat it fresh. Um, don't have it sitting in the freezer for, you know, for a month or two and take it out, defrost it, and then eat it. Right? And are there any other elements, Fletch, that you'd like? Do you meditate, for example? Yeah, I do. Don't you, mate? Uh, um, I certainly um, probably not as much as I should. You know, it's just a, a time. But I do do a lot of breathing um, exercises, so quite conscious of it, certainly incorporating that into my daily life. Sometimes, you know, you you, you miss you miss doing it. You know. Um, for whatever reason, but uh, certainly on a weekly basis, I would uh, certainly meditate at least, uh, you know, at least once a week. And uh, and certainly any times you start feeling any sort of type of anxiety or stress, well, you know, just take a breather. 
and yeah, generally, you know, just gives you, just clears your head, gives you a bit more clarity, and you think, well, things aren't that bad. And mate, I've always been a believer that yeah, you know, it doesn't matter how bad things are. There's always someone in a worse position than you, so yeah, you know, suck it up and move on. Keep a smile on the doll. Um, you know, looking good. Now you mentioned that you started the uh, the personal fitness business in Mount Gambier. Yeah, so mate, I'd been in retail for. Um, 17, 18 years. Yeah, I mean, retail got really tough, especially after they brought uh, the GST in in the, in the 90s. It just changed retail quite, you know, quite a bit. It wasn't as much fun. Um, and obviously, the, you know, the uh, uh, technology age as well, and as, you know, you weren't dealing one-on-one with, with sales reps anymore, so that personal element had gone away from it. I mean, you, you know, you're looking at ranges, you know, like on a computer screen as opposed to, you know, a rep coming to your door and, and seeing you. Um, so a bit of fun went out of it, a bit of that personal touch went out of it and, it, and it, you know, obviously overhead started going, you know, kept increasing, profit margins were starting to decrease, more competition, etc. So it was very stressful. Um, it became, you know, the fun went out of it and a lot of stress came into it As, and it was starting to have an impact on me. So I thought, look, I, and, I'd, and it was the same, around the same time that I'd stopped playing semi-professional footy. So I was a bit of a, you know, in a bit of a situation where I've got to do something here and, uh, yeah, just uh, for my own benefit. And so, mate, I, I you know, while, and, and I was still, you know, I was still coaching and training people, but I wasn't, I didn't have the uh, the qualification as such. So I wasn't a, a qualified fitness professional. So I went off and, and that was, you know, um, it was more self-development. And whilst I was doing it, I, prior to completing um, all, all, all the, uh, um, you know, the, the course that I had to do to get the, uh, the uh, to be registered as a fitness professional, I could see that, mate, do, I could make a career, you know, I could do this as a job. What better way, you know, to make money? I mean, it's... It's already I, in your DNA. Yeah. That's, yeah. I love training. Um, now, you know, I'm a, I'm a healthy eater as well. Um, and I, you know, experienced the benefits of, you know, like how and understanding that the, the, the importance of nutrition as well as, you know, um, the, the, the fitness side of it. I decided to get out of the retail, the seller sports store, and the first, and then moved into, um, I, I started the franchise or joined a franchise group called Step Into Life. They're, they're fairly new. Uh, they only had about eight or ten franchises um, in, in the whole of Australia, and but I was the first one that actually went, you know, started up in the regional area. And starting up an outdoor training business in Mount Gambia, everyone thought you've got to be, you know, you've got to be nuts, Fletch. What are you doing? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's too cold. People aren't going to go out and train. Yeah. And I said, well, hang on. I mean, you know, we're going, we're doing it with footy training and netball training. What's the difference? So, what's the difference? <laughs> and I had a lot of guys, a lot, obviously a lot of guys that I'd yeah. coached, um, who had stopped playing, and they'd stopped playing. Now they're still living the same sort of lifestyle. Still wanted to keep a level of fitness. But they weren't they weren't playing footy anymore, so they weren't training regular. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to put on a few extra pounds. These and, are guys that are letting the belt out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yourself and Peppy. But, <laughs> but uh, um, well, we like too much walk food. Yeah, That's the so, so you know, and uh, um, it was funny. You know, it was, and then you know, like I had it was you know, like guys that I used to coach, and you know. Back in the day, in the eighties, when I was coaching, you know, I was pretty full on. Like uh, I was a pretty hard taskmaster, and I certainly had to. <laughs> I'm certainly a different coach nowadays to what I was back then. Like back then, it was you know a bit of rah rah rah. You know, do do as I do, and uh, so 
um, you know, because I was able to lead by example. So there wasn't a lot of science behind it, you know. It was like, you know, uh, get on board, you know, and just jump behind me and let's go. Uh, mate. Um, Talk about how that's changed, though. Well, I, I suppose nowadays, mate, you've got to be, um, yeah, well, even with, you know, like uh, my philosophies on, on training in general, I mean, now it's about training smarter, not so much training harder. If you train smart, then you can train hard. It's about understanding the body and listening to the body as opposed to, you know, trying to push through pain barriers and, you know, just, you know, even when you're feeling crap, train them flat out. So, um, you know, it's all based on, you know, and it's, uh, you know, what uh, I did a couple of um, OD on movement mentorships um, back in 2010, 2011 uh, with Ian Day Dwyer. There's five areas where we focus on, and, you know, one's the hydration, the importance of the hydration. Our bodies need, you know, need hydration from our skin right through to our bone. Your nutrition side of things, you know, how important it is to get good nutrition in the body. Move and have different movement patterns as opposed to, you know, repetitive type movement one directional putting mechanisms in place to cope with any emotional issues issues that you may have and obviously ensuring that you get plenty of rest and recovery and even now like i'll ask you know like especially my private clients you know i'll ask them to score themselves between one and zero and three in those three particular areas now and depending on what their score is will be depend on the level at which i would train them so if they had a very low score for instance you know, I could still train them, but I certainly wouldn't train them, you know, like at the, you know, I might train them in gear one. As their score goes up, you might go up a gear. So you might take them to gear two, gear three, gear four. And if, they're, you know, if their score is, say, 12 to 15 out of those five areas, they're right to go. So, you know, there's no holding back. You can train them as, you know, as hard and as much as you like. Yeah, so there's a little bit more theory and science behind it. And I suppose because I started practising it myself and started feeling the positive effects personally, in here, I'm, I'm not trying anywhere near as hard as I used to, but I'm just as fit and just as strong. And I think, mate, now with, um, you know, like taking that approach with my clients, sometimes it's hard to get people to change their mindset. You know, a lot of people, they think they've got it, you know, unless they're, you know, unless they're totally knackered at the end of the session, their session, you know, that, that, you know like there's no point in training. That's, you know, that's not quite true. We've got to look out. It's more about the you know, looking after the body, listening to the body and giving it what it, what it needs. And once again, like um, this with a couple of the OD on movement mentorships I did, the important, you know, how, how the actual tissue within the body works. And, you know, like if, if it's depleted of, you know, like if it's not hydrated, okay, it becomes sticky and grumpy and therefore it's going to restrict your movements. If you're feeding yourself, you know, crap food, same deal. It's going to, you know, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to feel bloated. So you're not going to be on top of your game. Um, if you've just been sitting down at a desk all day or, you know, you've been doing a repetitive type movement, okay, you haven't been moving the body, you know, multidirectional, you're obviously going to be a bit stiff and sore. If you've got emotional issues, if you, you know, whether it's work, relationship, whatever, but if there's some stress in your, in your life and you're not putting something in place to deal with it, you know, if you're stressed out, you're not going to be, you know, uh, have clarity in your thinking and be on top of your game. That's right. And likewise, mate, if you don't get enough sleep, yeah. uh, you don't, you know... And you, they talk about that for depression as well, don't they, in terms of uh, go for a run, get the endorphins yeah. going and... Yeah, right. Yeah, so, mate, getting out there, getting yourself moving, making it fun, mm. okay, and, yeah, blue skies and sunshine. Yeah. It's Noosa home? Ah, uh, yes, mate. As far as you can see yeah, with the future yeah, now, look, Fletch? Well, yeah, I was tempted, um, um, you know, with a, a couple of uh, coaching offers uh, a couple of years ago to move back down south, but... Um, to mate, cold? Too cold. And I, 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 you know, whilst the, um, the, the, uh, the financial incentive was there, the weather incentive certainly wasn't, and, uh, mate, it's lifestyle, 
And yeah, I mean, look, to up here, pretty much, you know, you got summer pretty much, you know. 10 months of the year, whereas, you know, say, somewhere like Mount Gambia down south, pretty much got winter for 10 yeah. months of the year. Fletcher, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing some of your stories and a uh, nice little insight into into yourself and your career and your life and your lifestyle. Thank you, mate. Great pleasure, John, and uh, and thanks for the time. And, uh, mate, I'll uh, make sure when I catch up with Pepe, I'll thank him for dobbing me in. <laughs> Wayne Fletcher, or Fletch there, as he's known to his mates. I hope you enjoyed that Conversations in Noosa podcast. If you did, rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to uh, share it about on your social media channels. Remember, there are two fresh podcasts every week, every Monday and Thursday up on our In Noosa Magazine website, innoosamagazine.com.au forward slash conversations.